Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's Hot Food Hot, the show that puts the Mac in holy mackerel. I'm Tyler Burrish, your host of the podcast. Here we talk about food culture and travel that titillates. On the show this week, we're planning a melting pot of a neighborhood potluck. Love is in the air as we run through romantic road trip ideas to take with your spouse. Then can you believe your calendar? It's almost the holidays. We're getting spooky with some tips on fashionable Halloween costume ideas. And we have the live chat running today. It's going to be a busy show, but if we have time, we'll be interacting with our listeners live. Let's get right into the show. Zip code 20852, North Bethesda, Maryland. Since coronavirus, I've gotten to know my neighbors much better. It's a very nice situation I have here in my condo building where I'm renting. Everything is safe here. We have all of our amenities, and socially it's zero stress about who you see and when. My neighbors and I all recognize each other, and most of us have just been at home, so we've come up with a really cool food-sharing system. We pass little treats to each other. It's pretty nice. Most of the time I give out baked goods like breakfast breads and muffins and madeleines and even loaves of focaccia. In return, I've gotten a bunch of wild stuff, including kimchi and spicy marinated meats for me to fry up, and simple things like fruits and mixed salad greens and essentially groceries. Just someone thinking about me and dropping something off that they have too much of. It usually comes with a text message as well, something nice real quick. It makes you feel good. When I think about my floor I live on and who lives down the hallway both ways from my door, there are a lot of different heritages, so this got me thinking of how we could do a potluck if we tried. I would have to make sure we didn't serve for my Jewish neighbors uh, meat and dairy together, so there goes fried chicken with mac and cheese. Pork and beef is not accepted by all cultures, so that's out as being the main item. If I had a potluck with my neighbors, I suppose I would just tell them to bring their favorite foods if we really mix it up. I think that could be a really cool and fun dining moment, but knowing my luck, all of them would bring their version of potatoes. Maybe I should get a group text going here to organize everyone. Bring your favorite food to maybe vote for everyone's favorite potato, or would it be rice that is more globally comfortable for everyone? Different breads, perhaps? I'm not sure, but it's fun to think about. I'll have everyone sign a picture frame and write hello in their native language, and we'll fill it with a group picture at the end and make copies for everyone. (laughs) I'd probably make an extra copy for myself and take it downstairs and hang it up right in one of the main corridors when you walk into the building. Here at HFH Studios, chat me up. We want to know, have you done any potlucking since coronavirus? Have you done any food sharing with your neighbors? Have you texted your family? Have you called a friend? Just remember, there's people out there that care about you and, well, people that want to hear from you too. Okay, I'm being handed a note here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have a public service announcement. Pears are a fruit that you can buy and eat. You may also grow them. Pears are an excellent hand fruit. You may slice and dice and put in salads. You can also poach them in a bath of water and red wine so they come out a very pretty purple color while being now both tart and sweet, and they are oh so delicious. In our next Hot Topic this week, we're discussing romantic road trip ideas to give you and your loved one some boredom-killing road trip vacation inspirations. High-value targets of road trips that you'll be sure to remember forever. I'm starting this list with a road trip to Niagara Falls. 
What I like about the road trip to Niagara Falls is you pretty much from any direction are going to see some really cool stuff on your drive in. And then once you get there, you get to see one of the most incredible feats of nature in the world. Driving in from the west, so let's say Cleveland area, you'll be driving right by Lake Erie. Driving in from the south, so let's say Pittsburgh or even Washington, D.C., you're getting to see the Appalachian Mountains and some countryside. Driving in from the east, and let's call that New York City, Boston, Maine, you're either getting out of the city, which is nice in and of itself, or you're enjoying the forests and becoming one with nature a little bit there. Some people are really into that and know it, and some people don't know it, but they really need that once in a while. My second choice on this list is Savannah, Georgia. Savannah is deep in southern culture, and it's one of those places in America that it's like being in another country, and maybe not quite like being in another country. It is American culture and all that, but it's like being in another time. I'd grab a gelato and walk on the riverside there and check out some restaurants and just talk to the people and soak it all in. My third pick for this list is the drive between Las Vegas and Reno, Nevada. Driving north from Vegas, and you can meet up with Highway 50 there, that's called the Lonely Road. You've probably seen pictures of this road before. It's the road with desert on both sides and then mountains in the foreground. You can either drive from Las Vegas to Reno, or it works the other way too. You can drive from Reno to Vegas. You know, just do what makes sense for you. For our Canadian listeners in the Great White North, you have to drive coast to coast from Nova Scotia to Vancouver, British Columbia. Along the way, you'd stop off in Quebec to practice your French. You would dip down into Toronto and take a ferry in Lake Ontario overlooking downtown. You'd have to stop at Lake Louise over there in Alberta and have tea overseeing the turquoise lake in the mountains. And then finally, upon arrival in Vancouver, you must celebrate right there on the water. And for those brave enough, you'd start your trip by dipping your toes in the Atlantic Ocean, and then upon completion of the trip, you'd dip your toes in the Pacific Ocean just to make sure you've completed your true coast-to-coast Canadian tour. For our European friends, and let's face it, your drive to work is probably beautiful, and you don't want to hear me talk about the drive from Germany to Italy through the Alps anyway. That drive being something like the drive between Denver and Grand Junction in Colorado here in the States, but seemingly it has bigger mountains and more gorgeous views. To our Australian friends, well, just stay home. It's too dangerous outside anyway. And to our listeners in Antarctica... All of your vehicles are probably 4x4s, and you don't really need roads. Just don't venture too far from camp. Next on the show, we're getting spooky with some Halloween costume ideas. Top ideas coming in from our listeners on our Halloween costume poll are the Hey Arnold! episode where Arnold and Gerald were a banana and strawberry. They had to go into the city for the school play and took the bus dressed as fruit and got into all kinds of wacky adventures. Also submitted as a Halloween costume idea was a milk carton. Yes, you can strap yourself in to a costume of a milk carton on Halloween and enjoy the ride. You could write a cute dairy story on one side and don't forget the ever-precious recycling logo. Then finally, we have any character from Candyland the board game. My personal favorite character from Candyland is Lord Licorice hailing from Licorice Castle. He has a cape and a cane and a hat, a few bats flying around him, and that is just fine with me. 
Yes, deal out a dose of nostalgia this year, express yourself and impress your friends, eat what you want, and have fun this Halloween. Oh my goodness, I almost forgot. We have the listener live chat running here. The chat's moving so fast as people are putting in their comments. Um, Here's one from listener Caitlin. Caitlin's asking, what's my hot take on her hot question? What wine glasses do I need at home? I have limited space, so what's the minimum you reckon? And there it goes. Well, let's answer that question for uh, Caitlin there. To address the minimum recommendation of wine glasses, if you like red wine and usually drink red wine, there's your minimum answer right there. It would be two red wine glasses. You are in the business of being happy. Limited space is available. You have space for maybe two red wine glasses, so that's what's going to dial into your happiness best and most often, and that's what I'd recommend. Maybe you go for something not too bulbous of a wine glass, just have a crowd pleaser of a glass, nothing too crazy, and gets the job done. These are sometimes called universal wine glasses or all-purpose wine glasses. You need a set of two, case closed. Now, if you have unlimited space, well, 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 that's a different story. Let's get a varietal-specific wine glass for each grape variety out there. So you have your Sauvignon Blanc wine glass, your Pinot Grigio wine glass, your Chardonnay wine glass, and so forth. Each wine glass having a slightly different bulb shape and size. And while we're at it, let's get one type from each of the different producing wine glass regions of the world so that when we are drinking a regional grape, we can be drinking from that wine varietal's closest glass factory, Italy with Italy, Germany with Germany, the U.S. with the U.S., and so on. The wine and the wine glass each having a story that makes sense and together becoming your personal wine playground, you can mix and match. You would have your wine cellar and adjacent to that, you would have your wine glasses cellar and while you're at it, you can build in a wine concierge desk and back of house administrative wine office for your 24 hours a day staff of sommeliers to sit and run inventory for you and keep watch of the place. So there's the spectrum. Minimum two universal wine glasses to maximum wine cellar along with wine glasses cellar. I'm pretty sure most of our listeners will fall somewhere in the middle. So let's break this down. First, I picture moments. There'll be weekends where you want to pop a nice bottle of red on the couch and watch a movie. There'll be times where you want to be a little more sporty with the white wine, maybe sitting outside or maybe walking around to different rooms of the house and Dang it, who doesn't want to celebrate with something bubbly once in a while? Now, when we back into our options available, we also have the choice of a stem or stemless. So the stem of the wine glass helps with temperature control so your hand doesn't warm up the liquid inside. There are also the stemless kind of wine glasses that are a little less finicky in terms of being fragile or breakable. They're not as tall, so they're less likely to tip over if you have children or pets running around. So let's call it my Mount Rushmore of wine glasses. On my Mount Rushmore of wine glasses, I'm going with champagne flutes, stemless, all-purpose wine glasses, red wine glasses, and then larger burgundy glasses. And why? The champagne flutes, because the skinny shape helps the bubbles on the surface last longer. I'm going with stemless, all-purpose wine glasses for use with reds and whites, and I can move around and sit outside with them or whatever the case. I'm going with some red wine glasses with stems. I'd rather put a white wine in this glass 
than a red wine and a smaller white wine glass. So I'm treating that as an all-purpose glass and purposefully bending the rules a little bit for myself. And then I'm going with some larger protruding bulbous burgundy wine glasses. Something you can really be proud of and really sit back in a chair with. Of course, know what each glass is generally used for, but you may find that putting champagne in your largest glass is the best of both worlds for both sparkling and fragrance. It's very effervescent while being aromatic. That's a little trick for your back pocket. When you have a sparkling rosé and you pour that with your arms out wide and all presentably into a large burgundy wine glass, and I should remember to come back and put the burgundy wine glass sound here. It's The cheers is more like a beautiful bell rather than a skinny clink like a typical champagne flute. And, and your guests need to know that you're doing this on purpose as a delight. My point is, when you have a more beautiful presentation, your guests will remember. And if you ever get bored, you can... Set out your glassware, wet your fingers, and run them around the rim to get your glasses to sing. Submit your songs to the HFH hotline, and if it's good, we'll play it live on the air. A couple of updates here from the Hot Food Hot Studio. I'm in the market for a kitchen island. I think what I'm going to do here is pick up one of those airline trolleys, the kind that they wheel down the aisle and serve beverages or food from, and the shelves all slide out and recesses all back together so that it's pretty compact. I can slide out the shelves and store my ingredients all there in one place. I'll prepare a dish and, you know, something presentable, and then I can store it off to the side when when I don't need it. What I'll do is I'll take the one side of it and I'll redecorate it. Maybe I'll contact a friend who's an artist and we'll draw up something special. And I also had some listeners asking about the sweet potato chili I made a couple weeks ago and froze in the mini loaf pan and then popped out into individual portions for storing in the freezer. Yes, thank you. It it makes the perfect dip for tortilla chips. It was kind of a hidden benefit. I noticed that when I reheated the chili in those small sizes, it's pretty easy to boil it out and turn it into a tortilla chip dip type of consistency. And from there, you hot sauce and cheese as needed. And remember, if you can sear a steak perfectly, you can light a candle, set the table. That's it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast if you have children, and subscribe if you were born by parents, and subscribe if you are human. Have a great day, everyone. Life is a journey, and we journey together.